Transmission incoming, over. Copy that, transmission received. Have you ever been in your house and the hair on the back of your neck has stood up randomly and you felt kind of scared as if somebody's maybe watching you? Have you ever been sitting alone in the basement watching a movie and you kind of sensed that something just darted past your couch and you saw it just real briefly out of the corner of your eye and you're not quite sure if it was real or not? Have you ever walked around the corner and seen a black gray orb just kind of floating and maybe you've kind of made out the outline of a person within that? If you answered yes to any one of those, then you may have encountered what's known as a shadow man or shadow people. And if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's probably scared the living hell out of you. No one has ever experienced this and come away with any kind of positive outlook on their experience. And if you have experienced it, you're probably somewhat alarmed at what just happened and you haven't been able to forget it. And you might even live with constant fear that you're going to see the thing again. And it can pop up at any time, anywhere, and in the back of your mind you're always kind of worried when you get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or get a snack or come home late, that the thing might be waiting for you. And that is a terrible and frightening way to live. And if you've listened to the show, you know that Chris Bartell experienced something just like that when he was at Skinwalker Ranch. He was working and a lot of paranormal stuff was happening and he came home one day after a two-week stint at the ranch. His wife looked at him and she asked him, Chris, do you think anything like that could follow you home? And he said, well, I hope not. And she looked somewhat alarmed. And she said, well, I think I just need to take a little break. I'm going to leave the house for a while, go shopping. You watch the kid. And he said, okay, sure, honey, you go. So he was there on his couch watching TV. And out of the corner of his eye, a gray mist floated by across the coffee table and went down the hallway. And he followed it. At the end of the hallway, waiting there for him, was a black apparition in the shape of a man. It wasn't physical. You could kind of see through it still, but it was definitely the shape of a man. He had a full-blown encounter with a shadow man, and he was scared shitless. And he recounts this story to us on that episode, number two, where he talks about his experiences at Skinwalker Ranch. And I think it's important to have a standalone episode dedicated to this topic because it is very, very common. And there's a lot of misconceptions out there. So I want to throw out a couple of theories of what I think is really going on. I've talked to several people about Shadow Man, and I myself have even experienced something similar. One friend that I talked to has experienced it, and he's seen a full-blown Shadow Man on many occasions. Another guy I talked to had seen it after visiting the area of Skinwalker Ranch, and it is known as, quote, the hitchhiker, unquote, and it is a legit phenomenon that happens to people when they visit that area. George Knapp even talks about not wanting to spend too much time at the ranch in the documentary he did with um, 
a skinwalker ranch called the hunt for the skinwalker and he was kind of surprised that it did not follow him home but he expressed a genuine concern about the possibility of getting a skinwalker or a shadow man to hitchhike home with him the gentleman i talked to who spent time in that area he had a shadow man follow him home and his experiences were terrible he said that he had financial problems he was battling depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts uh, it was hard on his relationships his children had started seeing similar things and he was convinced that this thing whatever it was and wherever it came from was out to get him but he mentioned that if you can make it through all that then you come away with a new understanding and a little bit better perspective on things um, another person I talked to saw that in their backyard and it kind of walked from the tree line towards the house and as it got closer and the light got brighter from the porch light it kind of faded and it scared the hell out of him uh, a woman I talked to said that she saw it in the basement and it was broad daylight and it walked right by the window uh, outside and then she saw something in the house uh, almost instantaneously as if it was just ethereal and had the ability to just transverse through physical objects uh, like it was no thing. Another person I talked to who was a Native American had very similar experiences with that and kind of talked to me a little bit about what it's like to experience some of those kind of things as well. And in his opinion, the skinwalker is a malevolent creature and the shadow man is essentially his minion um, if you think of it as a hierarchy right the shadow man works for the skinwalker and is a scout according to this person um, and i thought that was very interesting and in all of these circumstances never once has anyone had an experience with something like that and said anything positive it's always been extremely scary and everyone has got the sense that whatever this is and wherever it comes from it's malevolent and they don't want to experience it again so i think it's important to talk about it because there's a lot of people who talk about their experiences with it in kind of a third party term you know there is a in the realm of human existence we know that there's good that there's evil and some people think that whatever this is operates somewhere as a third option and i want to lay out the groundwork for my case which is to say it's not and not only is it not i don't think that there is a third option i think that things are either good or they're bad and i don't think that there's anything that exists outside of kind of that objective view of the dualistic mentality of good and evil i really don't and I think that anything that tries to exist outside of that is just using deception. Because the easiest way to get you to focus uh, away from the good is to convince you that there's another option. And I think that's exactly what the shadow man is doing. I think when you see a shadow man, if you've seen a shadow man, then you know that it is most likely the very embodiment of evil. And there's no doubt in your mind that the thing has malintention. Now, I don't think that it's a physical being in the sense that it can attack you, right? I don't think it's going to maul you to death. I don't think it's going to kidnap you. I don't think it can physically harm you. But I do think that it is, rather than physical, it's metaphysical, which does not mean that it's not real. 
I think if you see it, it's definitely real to you. And the fact that so many people from so many countries and different cultures have seen it is a testament to the fact that it is very much a real phenomena. And being metaphysical and not physical, it cannot be proven by the scientific method. And if it cannot be proven by the scientific method, it most likely cannot be affected by anything physical. So if you tried to attack it, it would probably just disappear. If you tried to smudge it with sage, it probably would have very little uh, effect at all, other than maybe just entertaining you for a time being before it reappears. I think that the fact that it's metaphysical is also just a testament that it is a spiritual being, right? So if we talk about terms like good and evil, those are spiritual terms. You have to have an understanding that there is an objective view of morality, right? That there is a good and that there is an evil and that those things are black and white and not necessarily subjective based upon your opinions. And if you do that, then you're kind of forced to categorize things in a certain way uh, just to make sense of them. And I, for one, hold that view. I believe that there is an objective view of morality and there is a good and there is an evil. And everything that exists that is not good is evil. Or something that pretends to be something other, I think is just using deception to lure you away from the good. And I think that when we talk about things like skinwalkers and we talk about things like orbs and UFOs and UFPs and shadow man and poltergeists, that the deception is very heavy. And I think that those things are all cut from the same cloth. I think that they exist for the sole purpose of getting your attention and drawing you away from focusing on things that are good. And they do that with their own intent of more or less stealing energy from you. So one leading theory that I like, and I don't know if I fully subscribe to it, um, comes from kind of the, the Christian narrative. And the idea is that once upon a time on earth, there were things known as Nephilim. And in the Bible, it, in Genesis chapter 6, it talks about the Nephilim and how the sons of God came to earth and made um, friends with the humans and basically laid with and procreated with beautiful human women creating the Nephilim. And God saw that this was so terrible that he needed to cause a flood to get rid of the problem and destroy all the Nephilim. And that was the sole reason for the flood. And that what we see today in the form of skinwalkers and shadow man and ghosts and poltergeists are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. And that's a pretty wild theory if you've never read the Bible and if you've never really had a whole lot of exposure to that kind of idea. But I will tell you that that's not really unique to the Bible either. There are a whole bunch of cultures who subscribe to the theory that in some way, shape, or form, beings of the angelic nature, if you will, have come to earth, mated with humans, and produced some kind of demigod, right? Some kind of half-human, half-spiritual um, being. And we know that in ancient Greek and Roman cultures, Native American cultures, uh, Norse mythology, the Bible, it's all over the place. It's not an idea that's just unique 
to Christianity. Although I do think that the literature is more solid for Christianity than it is for a lot of other cultures, just because they were so adept at writing their stories down, I think that they're the best source for what is probably known as an archetype. And that archetype is good, evil, some kind of falling away, evil comes here, mates with people, uh, produces some kind of evil halfling. Uh, that's where like the giant theory comes from, Native American culture. Uh, the Nephilim were said to be massive giants among men. Uh, they were said to be able to run next to uh, Native Americans and buffalo and just pick up a buffalo with one scoop of their hand and rip a leg off and eat it. Uh, they were that big and that strong and that powerful and that fearful. And many Native American tribes have really awesome cultural lores where they talk about fighting these guys and luring them into pits and then filling them up in giant mounds and putting them in caves and burning them alive and, and all kinds of stuff. And that's really interesting to me. So the archetype seems to be true, that there is something and some reason out there to suspect that there was some kind of intervention between man and the gods, if you will, or the angels, if you will, specifically the fallen angels. So that's one possible explanation for Shadow Man. Another possible explanation for Shadow Man is that it's uh, demonic in nature. And what you're seeing is basically a demon, right? It's, a, it's an evil entity running around with the goal of just causing you harm. And it appears to be that um, the reason and the purpose for that is no other than just being purely malevolent. You can argue that these things are out there trying to suck energy from you. So if it's not physical, it's metaphysical, we think that energy still somehow comes into play with it. So if they can come into your house um, and get a reaction out of you, they can basically steal energy from you and that serves them in some way, shape, or form um, for their own purposes and, and devices. And we don't know exactly what that is. So those are just some of the leading theories about the Shadow Man. Um, they think that it's closely associated with sleep paralysis. So if you've ever had sleep paralysis, you know that it is very scary as well. You know, there's some medical explanations for sleep paralysis and why it happens. You know, you're stuck somewhere in between uh, REM sleep and a lighter sleep, and part of your body is stuck in the, the very deep REM sleep, and part of it is not. So you are kind of got a foot in both realms of consciousness to where you're just awake to have some vision of the room and realize that you should be fully awake but part of you is still asleep enough to be stuck in, in REM sleep, so much so that you don't have physical control of your body. But what's interesting is science explains that, you know, kind of in the physical terms, well, then how do you explain the fear that comes along with it? You know, there seems to be something linked there with all the other experiences as well, and that is when you have sleep paralysis, it's scary as hell. And you have visions. Um, you can have visions of a gigantic witch woman sitting on your chest. And that was such a common vision that in old European lore, they called it the old hag. And that's what it feels like. It feels like the room is closing in on you and that there's someone sitting on your chest holding you down. Never does anyone have sleep paralysis and experience any kind of positive visions. It just doesn't happen. 
And they think that, you know, the link between this and Shadow Man is that when Shadow Man appears and he's doing his thing, a lot of times people will suffer from sleep paralysis as well. And when they have sleep paralysis, they have even more visions of Shadow Man. And you might say that that's random dopamine and serotonin firing in your brain or whatever. And you may be right. But it doesn't change the fact that it's scary and that people experience it. And it's very real to them when they do. And if you've ever had it and the room closes in on you and you see Shadow Man, you can't forget it. Uh, I've experienced that and it's terrifying. It really is. And so there's definitely a link there. So once again, you know, this is not stuff that can really be proven because it's not physical in the sense of finding a footprint or DNA evidence like you're looking for, a, you know, a Bigfoot. Um, it, it's metaphysical. And metaphysical stuff is best explained by using, in my opinion, religious terms. I think that that is the best way of describing what's going on outside the realm of human existence. And you don't have to be religious necessarily to believe that or for that to make sense to you. I think that uh, the religious terms are just the best way of capturing that which is metaphysical. Um, And all of our legends and mythologies seem to do a pretty good job of that. So if you want to learn more about that kind of stuff, there's a lot of awesome sources out there. I would look into Native American mythology, specifically the the giants, and I would look into things like Norse mythology. They have a pretty good cultural retelling of things like giants. Um, they, uh, you can read the Bible. The Bible is a great, great source. If you want to read Genesis, Genesis chapter 6 talks about the Nephilim. And the Nephilim is mentioned, uh, I think, two more times throughout the Bible, post-flood, which is really interesting. And it's hard to make sense of all that, but there's definitely something there. And my point to bringing up the Bible is just to drive home the point that the Shadow Man is not a physical thing that exists outside of our known reality, I think is the best way to put it. It's real in the sense that it's metaphysical and people really experience it. And a lot of people really experience it. I don't think it's just some kind of mental illness thing. I really don't. Um, I think it has uh, its roots in religion of all kinds, not just Christianity, but I think it matches up well with the archetypes that we see that are the common denominators between a lot of religions. And I think they have their own cultural retellings of these things. And I think that those are important. And I don't throw those out at all. In fact, I subscribe to to the theory of the archetype. I really do. And I think that they all retell the stories in a way that fits their own culture. And I think that with me and my culture, the Bible does a great job of kind of giving the real broad strokes. But it's not going to give you the details because it doesn't want you to focus on them because as humans we'll pick up the tiniest detail and run with it until we're blue in the face we'll get obsessed about it and the reason why it is vague i think is on purpose because it doesn't want you to mess with it it's an evil malevolent thing and if you invite it into your home you will have a hard time getting rid of it Ask anybody who's experienced it. It can come and go as it pleases. And in my opinion, the only real way to get rid of it 
get right with your own spirituality. And by that, I mean whatever that means to you. Because there's a bunch, and I'm not going to sit here and you know preach to you guys. I think you guys probably figured out where I'm coming from. That you need to have a firm foundation in what that which is good, right? So if you have something evil in your house, focus on that which is good. If you believe in God, invoke God to get rid of the shadow man or the ghosts or whatever it is you got going on. Um, I think that's the best way. And be careful where you put your attention because if you stare into the darkness, the darkness stares right back. And one interesting thing I heard about was when we were talking to uh, Chris Bartell at the ranch and he was talking about how, you know, you get in what you put out. So if you come at it with a negativity, you get negativity. If you come at it with positivity, well, you get positivity. And I think that's a good course of action for life. So if you're one of those people who've had experiences with Shadow Man and things like that, I think you need to kind of uh, take a step back and reflect and think about what could you be doing differently? What are you, what have you been doing that hasn't been working for you? And think about doing something different. And there's a lot of re- good research out there. And I think there is a, there's a lot of good information as well that will help you guys out. And I hope this podcast has really kind of made some sense to a couple people. Um, and if it hasn't, well, you know, I guess you're lucky that you haven't really experienced it because it's, it's not a fun thing. But if you have, then you, then you know what's up. And anyway, I just wanted to spread that information to you guys and hope that, you know, I said something that really strikes a chord with somebody. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Patriot Media Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends, and consider being a donor. If you donate to the show, it helps me grow the podcast to reach more people just like you. And also, I will give 10% of each donation back to homeless veterans. Thanks for listening.